This is DJ Moore. You're listening to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com, the all-new RosterWatch.com. As of last week, my name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today is a man that you've undoubtedly heard uh, on your own, but if not, you might have heard on the Sirius XM radio show. He's been a guest on there before. One of the sharpest dudes there is, and it just goes to show that his new title over at the FTN Network is COO which is chief operating officer. He's a man behind the scenes, but he's also a man in front of the cameras, in front of the mics and uh, creating content over there. He guess how many, how many hats do you wear? I, I guess uh, for people who, who, who can't see him, he is, he is Elliot Christ. You can find him on Twitter at Elliot Christ. That's the name where it's a one L one T and then it's like Christ without the H. Right. Um, and for a man that wears a lot of hats, he sure has a lot of helmets back behind him. They're in there. They're in there in the studio. Elliot, what the hell's going on, brother? How are we doing, Alex? I, uh, I appreciate you having me. Definitely wear a lot of hats, um, about as many as helmets as I have behind me. I appreciate the kind words and you know, excited to be here. Well, FTN, man, you guys have had a big, I can't believe it's only, has it been only one, one season? Going, going, yeah, we're, season we're 13 two? months old, basically three days ago. So it's, it's, it's still new, but it's, it's booming, man. We just added 40 new NFL tools, a bunch of premium stats, launching the optimizer next week for, for football. Got an early bird special going over on ftndaily.com with about 50 packages left at this price point before they jump. So, you know, feeling like we're building a lot of really amazing things, a lot of a ton of data, great content. So really excited with what we've been able to do. So so your early bird special over there is, is you're, you're doing it by like numbers of subs. It's like once a certain number is gone at this price, they're gone. Then you get yeah, exactly. So basically, like, you know, there's 150 at this price. Once they're gone, they're all gone. There's 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 nothing left. And then we, we jump to the next one. We're, we're doing the clothing uh, sellout <laughs> style. That's an interesting, that's an interesting, interesting model. I'm sure that sure that you were behind you're behind some of that strategy. But um, all right. Cool. So, yeah, go and check that out over there before all those subs. All those subs run out. Elliot and these guys do great work. And one of the places is what we're going to talk about today is Elliot and I are going to go through division by division and each give a player whose ADP we find to be egregious within that division, either too high or too low as far as where they're going in, in fantasy football drafts right now. Um, we'll use, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll use underdog ADP data, even though it's a little bit different than some of these other sites, just because, you know, as Elliot and I were talking about before we got on the show, it feels like that stuff is a little bit ahead of the curve. And um, it's usually these sharp players that are trying to get in these best ball drafts to get as many reps as they possibly can. But um, before we do that, Elliot's just such a such a degenerate, maniacal, t- t- better as far as these NFL props. I just wanted to see if there's any NFL props that you would like to talk about that, you know, you said you've done 140, you put in 114 of these things. Which 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 props do you still like? There's a million of them that people talk about. Like, yeah, well, you should have gotten Trey Lance Rookie of the Year, you know, back in 
back in May and you should have like, so there's a bunch of, you know, it feels like this, some of the value has been sucked out of some of these, but are there any that you think are still any good that, 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 that you see value in? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm one of those people that grabbed Trey Lance at 16 to one. He's now down as low as six to one, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of buzz that he could potentially be the starter uh, week one. Now it depends on whether you believe Kyle Shanahan day to day, but in terms of reps and what he's doing and the preseason opportunity, you can get him at Fox bed at plus uh, 333 to be the week one starter. He's down at plus 220 on DraftKings, so definitely want to shop around there. That's a, that's a little Trey Lance love. Um, a couple bets that I really, really like. One, Michael Carter over 550 rushing yards. You know, all reports are that he's the 1A. I understand that the PR interns put out a depth chart yesterday, and he wasn't on it. Not worried about it. He's running with the ones. Behind one of the better run-blocking offensive lines that people don't realize after they drafted um, Elijah, Elijah Tucker to yeah. go with Makai Becton and then – and Morgan Moses. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's a beast of a run-blocking offensive line and 550 yards is just uh, incredibly low. Um, hey, hey, uh, uh, I, Elliot, you, we've talked before and you're a – wait, are you – no, Barrett's the Giants fan. You're the Jets fan, right? Yeah, you're the, I'm the so, Jets fan, yeah. So, yeah, all right. So um, did, you say, did you actually see the depth chart that the interns put out? I didn't see it. Yeah, they, they – uh, Tevin Coleman was one um, – Ty Johnson was three and P Ryan was two. Um, okay. They put Tevin Coleman at one. Huh. Yeah. But it's just I, stupid. I'm, not, right. I'm not worried. If if he's playing with the ones already and all reports are to camp is that he's worst case scenario one A back. Five hundred and fifty yards in a seventeen game season is is just it's an incredibly low number. We haven't projected closer to seven hundred rushing yards. So I think there's real value in that. Hey, just um, just and before you go on to the next one, just like a little bit more jet stuff. Like how, like, what do you, what do you think about what do you think about Zach Wilson and stuff? Like, are you are you fired up about this? Like Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore. I mean, the big the big ticket, Makai Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, you, I mean, Morgan Moses. I mean, Michael Carter looks like he's going to be pretty good. I, I mean, it looks like they have some pieces in place to definitely be be a little bit better. Are you are are you buying in or have you? Falling for the old banana in the tailpipe t- t- too often. <laughs> to, yeah, to, I'm the Jets fan that typically has faded the Jets. Last year, I had them yeah. to have worse record in the league, and then when they beat the Rams as 17 point favorites, I, I lost my shot at my 16 to one bet, which was uh, painful. But oh god, I don't think the Jets are going to be particularly good this year. But I think they'll be a lot more fun. The much better coaching staff, right? Going from Adam Gase to anybody is an automatic improvement. A much better roster. They finally decided to build around a young quarterback as opposed to get a young quarterback and then ignore the offense. Like you mentioned, three straight players they drafted after him with Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, who's apparently been destroying it, and Michael Carter, um, and then adding Corey Davis in the offseason as well. And they, they really like Keelan Cole. Uh, they, they've got more offensive talent than they've had since the, you know, Thomas Jones uh, Edwards and Santonio Holmes days. So I, I think that they're, they're going to be fun. I think they're going to be competitive. Ultimately, they're definitely a year away before I think they can make a playoff run. But Zach Wilson's exciting because, you know, he's a he's got big play ability. He's got a huge arm and uh, likes making those those difficult throws. We'll, we'll see how it translates. I would have preferred Justin Fields, but uh, they've got Zach Wilson and they've tried to build around him. And that, as a fan, I, I can't ask for much more than that. 
Sad, sadly, it doesn't feel like we'll be seeing many, many deep throws to Denzel Mims from Zach Wilson. R.I.P. R, R. to that guy, man. Jesus. Um, wide receiver <laughs> on the depth chart right now. Like, I mean, we're going to need, need, need to load up on him in like preseason DFS and stuff. It sucks. Um, all right, man. So uh, what other props? Any other ones you like? So Michael Carter over 550. I, th- I, I think that that's a good I think he, I, I think he smashes that. Yeah, I think he smashes that too. Uh, I typically don't bet touchdown props, but this is one that stood out to me. Logan Thomas over four and a half touchdowns. Uh, we have him projected uh, close closer to seven. Last year he scored six. Now touchdowns are not necessarily predictable, but you look at a massive quarterback upgrade in Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and uh, Heineke were it's probably the worst cornerback trio in the NFL last year. He led the team in both red zone targets and end zone targets. And then the final eight games played 90% or more of the snaps with three of the final four being 100% of the snaps. He doesn't come off the field and he's their top red zone guy. Four and a half uh, touchdowns over on DraftKings. To me, that that number should be six and a half. It's got to be like minus 150 on the over or something. Minus 115. 115. So it's just, okay. So it's just, wow. Uh, Yeah, that's crazy. You said So six touchdowns last year and I could picture one of them that he dropped. And then the other thing is too is that, as, as you mentioned, just the just the quarterback upgrade. Um, he's the kind of he's just he's he's the exact kind of player that, that, that you can see Ryan Fitzpatrick really honing in on down there in in the red zone. All right, we got to get through these uh, division by division, but I just want to hear what's what's your just one more of your favorite your favorite season long props. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Darren Waller over 1,050 yards. Uh, the final eight games of the year. Uh, he led the football in receiving yards, had over a thousand in the final eight games, average 130 per game. And I just think, you know, he's he's not really being respected to that number. I think he's closer to Kelsey's. He should be closer to 1,200 than uh, 1,050. So I'm I'm really high on Darren Waller. Do you is is he your tight end? He's he he's your tight end two over Kittle for the season. Yeah, he is. Uh, I I think that offense just he's he's unquestioned the top weapon in that offense, right? Like Kittle's got to compete with Ayuk and uh, Samuel in a lower pass volume offense than the Raiders. So I, that's what gives Waller the edge to me. I, are you, are you, I guess you, and so you're not buying any of this Brian Edwards talk or any of this stuff. I mean, even if he did take a huge step, it was still wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be an Ayuk or a Samuel type of contributor trying to take the Right. Yeah. I mean, even if he does, I, I don't think it necessarily comes from Waller. I think it'll more come from the ancillary pieces. Uh, and I'm not buying that he's a combination of Devontae Adams, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens. I think that one's a, <laughs> a low ball. <laughs> that was crazy when that stuff when that stuff was coming out. Um, okay. And of course, what if of, of course what he was saying, what was it? Was was Gruden said he reminded him of of Randy or Terrell Owens, and then some reporter was saying, like, ah, he like he like he 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 reminds me a little bit more of a Randy Moss. Like yeah, like, it was it's absurd. <laughs> like, you have to once once you start saying that, you have to understand like, oh, he reminds me of the two of the five best receivers ever to play. Right, both right. of them. <laughs> okay, let's let's go to, let's let's go division by division and talk about some of these. Uh, let's talk about some of these egregious ADPs. You want to go? You're 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 a coastal elitist over there on the East Coast. What do you think? Do you want to start with the AFC East and we'll go east to, east to west? Yeah, like we can start with the AFC East. Um, I think if if I have to give an egregious where I think he's going too low, I think Michael Carter is kind of going at his floor, as I just talked about. Gabriel Davis is a guy that's crept up all the way like the 10th round and is currently the wide receiver four on the Bills depth chart with a 
touchdown that rate rate that basically has to regress. So I, I really like Gabriel Davis, the player, but he's going to be behind the um, Stefan Diggs. He's going to be behind Cole Beasley, and he's probably going to be behind Emmanuel Sanders right now on the, the packing charts. And going in the 10th round, that's a little rich for me. Looks like Michael Carter is going around, what, on underdog pick 86.6. So we're looking at a – that's all – you're already through the seventh, so you're looking at an eighth round ADP. You you think that he's he's going to return value on that? Yeah, I think I think he's much closer to guys like Mike Davis, um, Chase Edmonds, uh, Miles Gaskin, those kind of guys where he's you're kind of getting a discount on him because he's the fourth round pick and no one trusts the Jets. But after you know, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Lamichael Piran, that's that's as bad of a backfield as there is. And the Jets had a second round grade on him and were celebrating getting him at the top of the fourth round and have kind of really inserted him as the the lead back already. I think for mine, if I were staying in the AFC East, it's going to be right there, right? It's the it's the running back that goes right ahead of Michael Carter, Damian Harris, um, at 86.2. So, you, you know, a ninth-round ADP for him. And I just wonder what – I, what I keep thinking about is, one, is all the reports that we've heard from camp about how he's the clear lead guy. Um, two, there's going to be a quarterback switch at some point here when that happens – traditionally offensive coaches will lean more on the run we've seen with volume that he can most definitely get it done and if anything if anything were to happen to you know any of the other pass receiving options in that backfield I remember not this last season but the season before I mean Damian Harris they were talking about in camp was the most targeted player in camp I think that there he has some juice in the receiving game that we might not have seen yet you know so um like Damian Harris I know that you know he doesn't have you know, he's an ex-Alabama guy, kind of like Mac Jones. I know that they didn't, you know, they weren't t- together as starters, but certainly, I mean, they're both Bama guys. They're gonna they're gonna post together with their jerseys on and stuff. And I just I, just, I think there could be some kind of connection there. So I'm going to go with Damian Harris as my egregiously low uh, pick. There, we both went egregiously low for this one. How about in NFC East? I think that I'm not gonna say it because I think it's in a fantasy league that I'm in. Are you? Are you? Am I in the? Um, I for, I'm in a. Yeah, we're in a dynasty league together. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. It might be sieges. It might be someone else's. It was. It, it, it's. It's. It's sieges for sure. And there was this huge controversy whenever I traded around, traded away one of my early first round picks in a league where I. That was the league where I got Dak. Dak got hurt. Joe Burrow got hurt, and Christian McCaffrey got hurt in a super flex league. And so I finished. I think second to last in the league. I had the one point zero two, and I traded it away. Um, for Matt Ryan, and uh, I traded 1.02 and Matt Ryan away for C.D. Lamb, and boy, I got a lot of shit in that league. People were arguing about whether or not the trade should be overturned. I'm like, you guys are fucking kidding, man. I'm like, like no way you're overturning this. I I love where I ended up on this. Now all of a sudden, C.D. Lamb's looking like uh, people are starting to see him, man. He looks great. His ADP's like though his ADP's starting to get a little egregious. I think for 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 redraft, I, I would hate for him to be my for him to be my nominee, but I let me just look and see where you guys have it on this nice tool on yeah, like his his ADP is now at 24.5. He's creeping into and I've seen him consistently go in the second round now. Um if he's at 24.5, that obviously um there's a there, there's a bit of trailing data there to where it, it, as he creeps up, every bit he creeps up means more and more and more because there's so much data from beforehand when he was going in, in round three and round four. Mm-hmm. I start to think to myself. Uh, do I, I mean, do I really want CD Lamb 
this year more than guys like Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and stuff. So, well, I don't think it's egregious. I love CD. I think in dynasty, he should be considered a top three wide receiver, but it's just starting to feel like it's getting a little bit high. And I could, I mean, maybe that's just because, because it is getting a little bit high. I mean, like, you're literally, you're buying into the camp. If, if you're, you know, they're, they're not the best use, but if you just look at his player prop number this year, it's a thousand fifty yards. The guys that he's going ahead of like Terry McLaurin is 1250. Allen Robinson is 1150. Like he's, He's going ahead of guys that are clearly going to be the number one targets in their on their teams, and he's probably the, the second target after Amari Cooper if Cooper stays healthy. Now, I, I love the Cowboys' offense in general, but when when you have to say Ceedee Lamb or AJ Brown, to me, it's not a difficult decision, and it's AJ Brown. Um, and that, like you said, dynasty Ceedee Lamb is an absolute beast, but I feel like his dynasty love has started to creep into redraft ADP. Right. It, because people just love the fact that he's still I mean, CD CD still, I believe, only tw- only 22 years old. So that's that's part of why you want to have him for the future and also the stuff now. I mean, I saw the report yesterday from or not the report, but I listened to the Pro Football Doc podcast last night where Pro Football Doc David Chow says that this was supposed to be a six week timeline back in January. And now we're six months later. He's like, he's not going to be Amari's. Um, um, going to be working to get back to 100% point through the whole course of the season. But to me, what that makes me do is one, you know, I do want CD if I can get him where I don't have to pay such an exorbitant price. But to me, it makes, I mean, it makes Michael Gallup pretty interesting, you know? Yeah. I was going to say Michael Gallup's candidate for an egregious ADP, just in terms of what he does with Dak Prescott, you know, he was, he was close yardage to both those guys. Um, And he, he's the discount guy going in the seventh round and my egregious ADP, um, is it egregious? No, but am I drafting him as much as I can uh, at the end of drafts? Is Dalton Schultz. Schultz mm-hmm. was fifth in the NFL in receptions last year. He's outproduced Blake Jarwin in his career. He was the higher-drafted player. Uh, him and Dak had a really good chemistry where I think he caught 17 of 24 targets, 12 of which went for first downs, two of which went for touchdowns and over 200 yards. Um, he, he was an incredibly efficient player last year and is already playing ahead of Jarwin at times in practice. And he goes – he's – doesn't get drafted. No, so in he, terms of like these stacks, you know, Dak Prescott's falling a little bit too much right now because of the baseball shoulder injury. You know, if you're buy, buying into that offense, I really like get, grabbing Dalton Schultz, who, again, 63 catches last year. And a lot of that came from Andy Dalton. When Dak was in there, he was a top 10 tight end. The 2021 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. That's it, three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed as long as you follow the rules, the three simple rules that a toddler could follow. This sheet is magical, it's mystical, it is mythical. It is the Roster Watch Cheat Sheet only at rosterwatch.com. I can't believe when I look at this that Blake Jarwin, who's kind of banged up and hurt, goes 30 spots ahead of Dalton Schultz. <laughs> it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Dalton Schultz going right around the same time as <laughs> Dan Arnold, who some people might not even realize that he plays on the Panthers now. Uh, he's going with like Donald Parham, who's a total backup. for the, like He's going with these guys who are free. So I totally agree, man. That's a good call. Let's go to the... Uh, Let's go to the NFC North. 
uh, I'm just trying. I'm just. I, I didn't think about this one beforehand. Do you have, Do you have one off the top of your head for the NFC North? So I have have a little time to think of mine. Yeah, I think Jamar Chase is overpriced. I think we just mentioned Ceedee Lamb with the dynasty ADP going in. You know, I've seen Jamar Chase in underdog drafts lately going in the third round, ahead of guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Julio Jones and DJ Moore. And you know, where the reports out of camp is that he's he's struggling to to separate as well as people were hoping. We're talking about a guy that has not played football in a year. There's a rookie in an offense with a guy like T. Higgins who showed to be a dominant player and Tyler Boyd's gained up a lot of uh, target share. And, you know, with, I think there's there's more questions than we like to admit on Jamar Chase in terms of his rookie year production. And he, he's creeping in. He's just going too high. It's not that Chase isn't a great prospect. It's not that Chase can't have a great season. It's just that he's getting drafted at the ceiling. Do you – so what – do you think – what, what do you think about what do you think about Nick Chubb in just going at the one two turn? Um, I think it's too high. I yeah, I'm just I'm not sure it's egregious, but I like I think it's in any of these spots. I I just cons- I consistently worry, and it, it's it's a it's a it's a very it's a very simple argument. I I just worry about the fact that you know some of these other guys that you that that you can get around there are more than just sort of sort of one A's whenever Nick Chubb is going to be a dude who is, I mean, we, uh, people sometimes forget that Kareem Hunt is, I mean, he, there were times we considered him a top five back in the league and both those guys were on long-term deals. They're trying to protect both of them. I, I just, I think that they truly see their running back position as a committee and not one where they can lean on or not one where they truly even need to lean on one of the other guy with any kind of volume that is the same level that we could get out of some of these other guys. I would, tend to say if any of these true volume hog true bell cow guys there are gone kind of towards the turn especially on a ppr league i i start looking at wide receiver and then you know if i can double up if i can get a double barrel some kind of Devonte adams stefan Diggs, or tyree kill Devonte adams or you know um even like a Diggs like hopkins or something if i'm picking it like 10 I can come back and I can get David Montgomery and Chris Carson. I feel like I start out with a pretty well-balanced roster like that. So while I, I, while I don't think his ADP is egregious, he'll probably return it. And he feels like he's pretty safe and pretty safe and steady commodity. I don't find myself getting very much Nick Chubb this year. Yeah, The things you love about Chubb is he's an amazing between the tackles runner or actually just runner in general. It doesn't really matter where it is. And he's running behind the league's best run blocking line. The thing you hate about it is that, when Kareem Hunt plays, he averages like one target a game. And it's so hard to produce at the levels of the McCaffreys and the Dalvin Cooks and all those guys when they're seeing five, six more targets than you are. It's just you're and you're not on the field at all times. Hunt will steal some touchdowns from him. Chubb is an awesome player behind an awesome offensive line, but without that receiving upside, it's you're right. Like I just don't know. It's it's not egregious, but I, I would much rather him be going you know, eight, 10 spots back and feel comfortable with them then at the turn. You know, what's crazy uh, when I get to the NFC North, I had my answer all lined up because I'm so used to looking at the Yahoo ADPs and some of the other ADPs for season long. And I see that, I see that Aaron Jones is at RB six for underdog. <laughs> so it's like the, the underdog drafters are already with me on, on that. Um, I, th- I thought that it was egregious whenever I can pick him up in this, in the second round, which I, which, which I can in, in, in season long leagues. And this is a, this is a season long pod, but you know, we're just using the ADP stuff from underdog because it's sharper. Maybe I'll just stay with, um, 
maybe I'll just I, mean, I, th- I think that Amon Ross St. Brown is too cheap to get for free if we think about if we talk about the the the, the Lions uh, Darno Mooney feels like he's too cheap for the Bears but Robert Tunyon I mean he's priced in here as like tight end 10 I, I just I think that that's too cheap um, I it just feels like that the whole fantasy community is adjusted on all the ancillary Aaron Rodgers options to the news that Aaron Rodgers is coming back and readjusted the, the Devontae Adams, readjust, you know, readjusted Aaron Jones to, to a slight degree, A.J. Dillon, but it just doesn't feel like they've done the same with Robert Tunyon because a lot of people don't feel like that he can have the same touchdown potential this year. And I just I, – I think once you're in Aaron Rodgers' circle of trust, you're good. And I just – I personally don't believe the camp reports about, you know, Marquez Valdez scantling, you know, really turning a corner. That, that to me just doesn't seem possible. So <laughs> well, he's he's gonna get targets 20 yards down the field. He's just gonna drop half of them. MBS uh, <laughs> yeah. is a much better best ball player than he is season-long guy because you don't want to ever rely on him. But when he can go in the 15th round and you just stack him with Aaron Rodgers and you just hope those big weeks happen at the right time. Um, but your your point on Robert Tunyon, like I'm I'm very much with you on this one. You're talking about the tight end three and half point PPR last year, right? And I understand people are going to say, well, the touchdowns have to regress. They, they can't they can't maintain that rate. Right. But the volume is much likely to go up, too, because he was so good. I think PFF had him great as like a top 10 receiver in football last year. He, he He's one of these guys where people keep saying, what's the second option in the passing game? I think it's Robert Tunyon. I think if his volume increases, we'll, we'll get the same amount of touchdowns with more yards and catches. Um, and I think he's getting drafted at his floor right now. When I look at the NFC South, um, the first one that just comes up to me, the, the the first guy that I think about that I'm just not drafting at all, and I feel like he's just going – I mean, I can't believe how high DJ Moore is going. To me, it feels completely egregious. I mean, he's, he's stacked between Chris Godwin and Jamar Chase. I mean, he's going before guys that have been proven, like Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I understand that – with Debo Samuel and Kittle back, Brandon Ayuk probably won't do what he he did last year. T. Higgins, I mean, you begin to worry that there's like the three-headed monster there with those guys. But I mean, he's going ahead of Adam Thielen. He's going ahead of the Pittsburgh guys. He's going ahead of he's going so far ahead of Jerry. G. He's going uh, on underdog. DJ Moore is going twenty spots ahead of Jerry Judy. And to me, that just it doesn't make any sense. They both have shitty quarterbacks. Both are really good prospects coming in. I understand that Curtis Samuel is now gone, but I mean, DJ Moore had the benefit last year of having Christian McCaffrey out half the season. He's, I mean, I understand that people are still in love with his prospect profile. I get the fact that he's a good player, but I mean, I just I, I can't depend I can't depend that much on just an offensive coordinator and, and Joe Brady as being the the feather in my cap on top of the pro, the prospect profile. I think it's just I think I think it's far I, I think it's far too high for D, for DJ Moore. I'm actually on the other side of this. DJ Moore is one of my highest expo- uh, owned players. Why? What did I just say? I, that, I got like, you. you I got with? you. Okay. Um, so I mean, he's the only receiver in the NFL with back-to-back 1,200-yard uh, seasons. Um, he saw 37% of the end zone targets. They just didn't convert them to touchdowns. If if they did at a higher clip last year, it would have. You know, we would be talking about a guy that would be going in the Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin range. You know. 37% of end zone targets was actually second in football only to Adam Thielen, at, who had a 51% rate, which was just basically when the Vikings get near the end zone, it's it's all about Adam Thielen or, or Dalvin Cook. But I think Moore is a guy that is, I think he's going to get improved quarterback play. Uh, I know Darnold is a guy that we have 
a lot more questions than answers to, and the answers we do have are not very good. Does get away from Adam Gase. We'll see how that goes. But Teddy Bridgewater is not a guy that I think necessarily supports uh, receivers. There's plenty of games where DJ Moore could have had monster games if he had touchdowns with Bridgewater missed them. Moore is one of three receivers last year to have 93 or more yards in eight-plus games. The other two were Stefan Diggs and Calvin Ridley, who finishes wide, as top five wide receivers. So I think the volume is going to maintain. I think the yards is going to maintain. And if the touchdowns regress um, and they kind of go back from like that four range to that eight range, I think you could be looking at a guy who finishes the top 10 receiver this year. Yeah. All right. So over under 115 targets this year. Over. What, what do you guys have him projected for? Do you have it up in front of you? Uh, I, I don't, don't I don't I don't want to ask you like I don't want you to pull up tools and spreadsheets I just figured that you might have had it up in front of you when it wouldn't be reading some of the stats I just I don't know I, I just I, I, I don't know how much higher than 115 targets that, that I can project DJ more for you I'll know tell you right but, now I'm pulling up right now we have him projected for 132 targets and 1200 yards okay well we'll see we'll see what happens I mean we're, I mean I guess we're only talking it's fun to disagree every once in a while right we're not yeah, yeah. no one gets everything right so it's, it's fun <laughs> to, to be on the opposite side you yeah, and I are yeah. normally on the same side right all right uh let's see so we're so we're completely we both and and not only we opposites we both think that each other are being eg- egregious about it so we'll, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens all right uh AFC, AFC South um uh, where? How does underdog have the Jacksonville running backs? Let me just see how, the, how these guys are going. So Etn is fifty-four, uh, and then James Robinson is ninety-seven. I think that that's too far apart. I think it's agree. I, I think James Robinson is going egregiously low. He's the starting running back. Um, now I think Etn's probably going to score more fantasy points this season, and by the end of the season, he'll probably be rolling. But I think at the very beginning, James Robinson is going to bite off enough just from what, what, what we've seen at Jags camp. And then what the, the reporting coming out is like James Robinson is running with the ones. And so I, I mean, to me, it just feels like a 40 spot difference between the two feels feel, feels egregious. Yeah, I think James Robinson is a great um, zero RB guy, because if he holds on to that first and second down workload, uh, he could be a big time player for Jacksonville. I think Marvin Jones is too cheap on Jacksonville. Um, he's going significantly lower than both Chenault and Shark, who now has a broken finger. And every year, Marvin Jones hangs out around 900 yards and eight touchdowns. And every year, no one wants to draft him. Yeah. Yeah, man. What is It's like, I don't know off the top of my head, but I, th- I think it's like um, Shark's like wide receiver 22-ish and then mid, mid-20s and then LaVisca's like mid-30s. And then Marvin Jones, at least when I was looking the other day, was like 50s. So yeah, he's like 50s. He's like 20 spots behind both of them. Right. That's, so that's a it's a big it's a big big difference. And Marvin, like they they love Marvin Jones. <laughs> they love Marvin Jones down there. I know it's his tenth year in the league and stuff. He's getting older. We're we're just talking about redraft. He he, he looks good. So um, yeah, I totally agree. I think he's a great sort of late round or maybe even last couple of round picks in best ball and his season long. All right, we're rounding it out here to the Western left coast. Let's start with the, uh, I guess, the AFC West. And I have two that are, I just think, are egregiously low, both at the wide receiver position. Or, I mean, I really have three. I talked about Jerry Judy earlier. I love Jerry Judy this year. Um, I know that the quarterback situation sucks, but I, can, I could just be getting sucked into the to the, all the highlights I'm seeing from camp, they're just reminding me of what a sick route runner and just magician he is. But it just feels like there could be a breakout 
on the way for him. And now I'm trying to find so the other guys. So Miko Hardman, um, wider. Yeah, he's creeping up, man. So he's he's, 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 he's creeping up. Expensive on their dog. Let me see. He's getting expensive on our dog. Let me see my other guy because this looks like it looks like Miko Hardman is now an underdog. He's going is maybe in the eighth round, eighth or ninth round, which is probably two rounds earlier than where you can get him in season long. Uh, how about I go with my other one that I was going to say, and that's Mike Williams. Where is he going on here? Probably wide receiver. I'm trying to type it in. Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams is going ADP 72 right now. 72. Jesus. Yeah, he's he. This is when we talk about sharp drafting. Like Mike Williams was like a ninth or tenth round pick. No, that's where I'm um, getting him is season long. So yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, this is tough. And then now he's going as late six, early seven. McCall Hardman will creep into the seventh round. That's too expensive. Starting, that's that's yeah. too expensive. So like, yeah, but that, this is honestly like a really good point for season long drafters, where you're talking about really what a player costs more than the player himself. That. Yeah. McCall Hardman is a great value at this point because of his upside. But once you pay to like the seventh round price tag, you're now buying into a ceiling. Okay. How about this? Mike, Mike, Mike Williams and Miko Hardman on like CBS sports, yahoo.com, NFL.com are egregiously priced. And we're getting him in a ton of the simulations using the, using the cheat sheet right now, because if they're dudes you can get in the 10th and 11th round, you can, because I, not that I necessarily value him at the what seven, eight turn or six, seven turn, wherever it was, we talked about them just now where they're going on, on underdog for best ball. But I, I can't believe Mike, Mike Williams is going that high, but dude, he's, he looks great. I mean, I've seen some of the videos that Byron sent from chargers to like, he looks great. And I mean, Joe Lombardi is just talking, Joe Lombardi, Staley, all those guys are talking them him up as a major, major weapon this year. So much so that it has me a tiny bit worried about Keenan Allen's volume, not just not from an overall perspective, but maybe just on the margins, you know, maybe 10, 15 less targets than we were previously anticipating just with the the, the uptick that I expect from Mike Williams. I mean, Mike Williams, he's got the guy in Justin Herbert that can unlock him, right? I mean, he's he's a dynamic player down the field. He wins at the catch point. He's developed every year of his career. He's got that A dot and that red zone, end zone workload that we're looking for for guys that can break out. I mean, Mike Williams was one of my guys that I was targeting all the time at this point. Like you said, if I'm getting Mike Williams in the 10th round, I'm, you know, I'm throwing a party at this point. And that's that's where you can get him in season long. So I, I really, really, really like the the Mike Williams call out. I think Justin Herbert could win NFL MVP this year. That's how high I am on uh, this Chargers offense. You know, getting Slater, getting Lindsey, um, having Mike Williams healthy with Keenan Allen and Herbert taking the next step and getting away from Anthony Lynn and Eckler back. Like, there's a lot of talent on that Chargers team, and I I think they could surprise people and win ten or eleven games this year. All right, let's go on to the we'll go to the uh-huh. NFC West. Before we do, again, we're here with Elliot Christ. You can find him on Twitter at Elliot Christ, E L I O T C R I S T. You can find his content over at FTN Network, which is like ten different sites. Elliot, tell him about t- tell him once again about what you guys have going on over there, brother. Yeah, absolutely. So you, if you're a season long guy, head over to FTNFantasy.com. We just uh, launched all of our premium data tools. So we got about all the whether you're looking for end zone stats or blitz stats or you know <laughs> elusive rating, whatever it is, all every different advanced metric you're looking for, we have over there. Starts at tools, league sync, um, Jeff Rackless projections, draft guide. So you know, head over to ftnfantasy.com, use promo code Elliot and save ten percent. 
All right. Uh, NFC West. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, it's just like even it's just this this thing with underdog again. It's sharp drafters. But Rondale Moore is going in the last round of Yahoo leagues. I, I really love ending my draft with Rondale Moore. If I got like Elijah Moore or somebody like that is, isn't available, I think Rondale is a great stab that you can take. He's going more like 10th or 11th round, uh, 10th, 11th turn in underdog. But I think I'm going to go with this one. And for as sharp as the uh, community is over here, I really do think that this one's too low. Gerald Everett for the Steelers going at uh, going, or Seahawks going at um, – 145 uh to me that's like to me that's really really interesting considering i mean he's coming in with his old offensive coordinator he was handpicked by those guys they're gonna run more plays they don't have a tight end of consequence behind him uh it's just mainly two guys in the receiving game that you worry about and tyler lockett and in dk metcalf it feels like gerald everett comes in and becomes basically the automatic number three uh, for all intents and purposes if you can get him in an offense that started out last season as one where you couldn't, I mean, if you were playing DFS and you weren't stacking the Seahawks, like you, like it was, you weren't making any money. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if they come in and they're like that again, like to have the number three option in that offense on your fantasy football team is something that I'll be interested in, in, in every time. What do you got? Elliot? Yeah. The Seahawks are going to be incredibly fascinating this year because if they play with that pace and they pass the ball like that, uh, their defense is going to get lit up again. Um, so we'll see how long Pete Carroll lets them do that. They really should on, on offense, kind of press one of the best quarterbacks in the world, right? Um, a guy that I think is a value, I'm actually going to stay on Seattle, Chris Carson right now with an ADP of four. Oh, yeah. yeah. No one likes drafting him, and all this dude does is score fantasy points. And I understand he's got the uh, injured label last year. He only had, what, 600-plus rushing yards after back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, thousand seasons. He's got double-digit touchdowns. Every time he plays, he gets four-plus targets. Um, I swear it feels like in PPR formats he scores no less than 15 points in any game. That's what it feels like every time you play him on DraftKings. Somehow he ends up between 15 and 25 points. And, you know, if you go with a build like you mentioned earlier with the Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams at the turn and load up at wide receiver to begin with, I think Carson is a guy that can finish as a top 12 running back that you can get at the end of the third round, top of the fourth round. So Carson's a guy that I've been uh, drafting a lot of.
Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep. Thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep. I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow. That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.